If you're committed to transitioning to a new role outside of the classroom, let me give you some advice. Don't try to navigate this journey all on your own. The Teacher Career Coach course will walk you step-by-step through the entire process. When you sign up, you'll get help picking your career path, have access to a library of transition resumes for teachers written by a professional, and even gain access to a list of hundreds of companies that hire teachers. Most importantly, you'll join our exclusive private community to collaborate with others and network. I've dedicated my time putting together templates and resources to create the most thorough program to help save you time. Learn more about the Teacher Career Coach course at teachercareercoach.com forward slash course. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I interview Jason Sizemore. After 21 years serving as an educator and administrator in public schools in Pennsylvania and New York, Jason took a big leap to focus on a vegan cooking class and vegan product business he had started on the side. Jason's learned firsthand that being an educator can mean so much more than just being in a classroom. We talk all about the mindset challenges he faced when making this big decision and how he continues to give back and support schools from outside of the classroom. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for joining us here today. Hi, Daphne. Thanks for having me. I wanted to bring you on here just as a former teacher who started their own business, because I know that there are so many people who have thought about taking this route, and there are a lot of questions they probably have. First off, I just wanted to hear a little bit of your experience of working in education. Sure. Um, I was in education, public ed for 21 years prior to leaving to really pursue this business. I taught in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania a few years. I was in New York City for a few years. Um, Majority of it was here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I jumped around for lots of reasons. I liked the variety. Um, I liked different age levels. I liked different responsibilities. I was always mostly focused on elementary. And I, I, in the tail end of my education career, went into administration. So I was an assistant principal three years and a principal three years after that. I think a lot of people can resonate with just wanting change, where staying in a role and, you know, teaching from day to day is never the same because you have 30 unique little bodies in there that can go in any direction that they want. 
But I think that overall, having the same responsibilities and having the same curriculum that you're using can start to feel a little bit stagnant. Did you feel like when you were changing different cities, different districts and different grade levels, that was helping keep you refreshed and excited about your position? I did for sure. And that was a big reason. Um, Even being within the same building or the same district, like you'd you'd find your groove and you'd find your group and your support systems. But I, I, there's just something in me that like always like could appreciate where I was, but like, was like, there's more out there. Like I wasn't just like a one thing forever, one place forever person. And I like drive to teach was about, it always came down to like social emotional aspect of helping kids grow and survive in that way. So that was also kind of like, I feel out like opportunities where I feel like I could, you know, dig into that and hopefully, you know, make a difference or make a change there. But yeah, the variety and, and not feeling stagnant and needing something fresh was definitely a motivator. I didn't realize that I was the type of person who craved change until I started to actually experience change. And it was really scary at first. Anytime, you know, I moved to districts after two years and that change was really scary and it was actually not a good one for me. But after I started to explore different opportunities, I realized, oh, that was something that I was missing that I didn't realize that I was missing or that I was craving. So that's great that you were aware of that and you continued to pursue that throughout your history and education. During that time, did you feel yourself always thinking of starting a business or was that kind of at the tail end of your career? It was always there. It was always like this like entrepreneur little voice in my head. Um, and I had done that in high school and college, actually. I had started like a little landscaping business on the side. I just enjoyed the creating something out of nothing. I liked the pressure of like being responsible for everything and also the joy of controlling everything in a way, you know, controlling the schedule and stuff. So yeah, there was like this through line, no matter where I was, you know, in education, just kind of like feeling like there was still something coming and and that was like exciting, but also scary because even though I was making changes within the education world, there was still this of being in this like structure. You know, I knew what was basically happening day to day. I knew there was a paycheck and all those kind of things. Making that leap was definitely a big one, but yeah, it was always in there, this voice. I didn't know what it was or what it would become, but I feel like there was something. So did you start pursuing creating a restaurant while you were still in the school system just to have some wiggle room and to kind of like feel out how secure or stable the income would be? Yeah. So I felt it out. I, I I had done a lot of, um, for years while being in education, like on the side in the evenings doing like event planning, mostly for nonprofits, like as a volunteer, um, and loving that and, um, you know, finding joy in that. And the business started with, um, offering vegan cooking classes in our home, just for small groups of people really being asked by friends and family, like they would love coming to dinner here or having being at parties here. And like, how'd you do that? So it was kind of like one summer after vacation, my husband and I got home. I was just like sitting there being depressed that vacation was over and just truly started like listing these menus that I thought I could teach these someday. And I, I really don't know where that even came from, but it kind of brought event planning and food and creativity and teaching like all into this package. And um, yeah, it was a vegan Thanksgiving series. I, I offered the, the first round. 
I intentionally didn't tell anybody we knew. I only advertised it on Facebook through like vegan Facebook groups because I didn't want to, I knew my friends and family would come. I wanted to know if this was like a viable thing and um, they sold out. And then I did like a winter comfort foods and then a, a Italian foods and like it was working. And I didn't even start it like thinking this could become a business. I just wanted, I needed an escape from the school, you know, have that enjoyment and it grew and, and it just kept growing and growing. And it was kind of like at the same time, you know, doing my best in the school, like was taking all of my time. And I, I just like, but I wanted to do my best. So I'm like, I either need to like give up one of these things in a way. And I was loving the, um, the classes and I'm like, kind of like now or never, like, let's see what this can be. So were you looking for an exit plan from teaching or working in education or did it just kind of fall in your lap? I feel like, can the answer be like both? Like, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of like that thing about like never being a person that was like, I'm going to teach in this, this one grade, this one classroom forever. Like even like education, like, like I didn't see myself like from the very beginning like retiring in, in education and it wasn't even like necessarily like a, a bad thing that I wanted to get out of I just like didn't see me as like a one career one one path person so um I think like subconsciously yes I was like feeling out different things and I once the the classes were were taking off and um then an extension of them like some of the some of the recipes I taught in class people wanted to buy um and a local vegan cafe here really you know, supported and encouraged me, like they said they would carry the products if I figured that out. So it just kept evolving and like literally like week after week, like more and more opportunities in that vegan umbrella were like coming to me, you know, like kind of almost like a manifesting thing. Like if you put it out there, it'll come back. And it just felt like this is, this is something. So yeah, like year, I have, I have probably like a six months into the side gig. I was like, this could be the next career and and seriously started considering leaving which was a major emotional thing even though i was loving the vegan stuff it was like i think that's common like it's it's there's a lot of guilt involved in like leaving kids and education and those people you support and so yeah let's i mean let's dive into that a little bit it's very common I experienced it and basically every single former teacher that I've talked to experiences the same things because you went into this position wanting to impact education, wanting to impact people inside your community. And you feel like if you decide to leave, you're taking away a resource that's supporting them. That's, I mean, that's just how your heart feels. Mm -hmm. And you also know if you leave, you're replaced maybe by someone who's not as an experience. And then that makes it where your coworkers start to have to be impacted by your decision. And it's really hard for us to put ourselves first after putting ourselves in a career where, where everybody else kind of everyone else's needs come before ours. What types of struggles did you feel like you had in that capacity? That was such a great summary that you that you just shared. It was exactly like, you know, I've put decades into like, I hope, you know, positively impacting lives. And then the, the as I progressed through different positions, like I when I was making the decision, like, am I going to leave or not? I was a principal. So I was, you know, doing all I could every day to, you know, improve the lives of the kids, the families, the teachers, the support staff, uh, community partners. Like, it's like, I got myself into the, all of these different categories of, you know, I think hopefully, and, and, and like, you know, making a positive impact 
and um, making their days better or more supported, you know, all those, all those different things that were my goals. So yeah, like leaving all of that, like a lot of abandonment issues in my mind, like, you know, I, I like I said, I, I always drawn to the social emotional aspect and I was always drawn to the kids that needed the most um, in that area. So I was like, I'm like, like you just said, who's going to step in, who's going to care for them? Like, what if I, ad I advocated for, you know, these kids or these teachers and, and what if the next, you know, round of leadership or the next, you know, doesn't advocate for them. I, I, I have a wonderful therapist that I, you know, go to, I believe in therapy is very important. And um, I was sharing this with her and like, she actually said something that really helped me like take the next step forward. She's like, so you're saying nobody else can do what you can do. And I was like, I'm not saying that. And she was like, mm, sure. <laughs> and um, that was a huge, a huge moment. I was like, you're right, you know, and also like if I made the impact that I think I made and that I wanted to make, my belief was I fostered some of those same belief systems and energies and everything, you know, into the people I'm working with so they can carry some of that on. Um, so that was a moment that really helped me kind of like realize, you know, we can do this and, and, and carry on. Since I've been working with so many former teachers, I feel like I have just kind of like a greatest hits of the moment that their therapist finally got through <laughs> to them of all of the best lines. Some that have really resonated with me are times that therapists have just sat down and quietly said like, you come here and you tell me for the last two years that this job is killing you. Why can't you go somewhere else? Like, I just need you to explain to me like in a sentence, like why? Do you not believe that you can go to a new career? Right. If you can pinpoint that this is the thing. And it doesn't sound like you were in that situation. You weren't as burnt out. But I've had another um, former teacher that I worked with say that her therapist said, like, girl, you are 20 something years old. Like, why do you not think that you have an hour to spend with your husband on the weekend? Why is why do you feel like there's no capacity for you to walk away from grading to have an hour with your husband? Like, there's no reason for this. If you guys don't have kids or other responsibilities outside of this, like, and I just, I feel like a lot of it is we are givers and we want to do good and we want to change the world, but then that takes an impact on us. And I always say it's kind of like we sign this like forever career contract of we decided that we were going to go into this industry. We were going to go in and we we're going to impact kids. And then us getting out kind of breaks our brains where it's hard for us to realize we can still do good things outside of those walls. And we are not a bad person if we break that invisible contract that we signed for whatever reason it is. I know that you continue to support students and teachers in a different way even after you left the classroom. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do there? Sure. And, and to add to what you just said, like there's this weird like societal thing where like I feel like teachers are on one hand like very underappreciated and at the same time society is saying like you decided to teach, don't you dare do anything else or don't you dare question anything or like it's so and, and I feel for you know everyone that works in a school you're stuck in that weird space in between. It actually leads to yeah what I, what, what I also do um, in addition to the vegan business is I work with a foundation that brings mindfulness into the schools. And I 
met them when I was a principal. So um, we did a pilot in the building that I was leading um, of mindfulness with our K to five students and um, all the, I like to say it's like all the living beings that either that come and go within the school. So the families, you know, down to the cafeteria workers, everyone was part of this like learning. When I decided to leave, I didn't want to, I couldn't, I couldn't, I knew I didn't want to give up that piece of like helping kids just emotionally. Um, Cause that's always what drove me throughout education. So I connected with the foundation on a different level and they welcomed me in first as an instructor. So I was going into the same district I had left and teaching mindfulness to like fourth and fifth graders. And then I've taken on a little different role since then where during all of the COVID stuff, we've been supporting um, teachers. So with self-care, we're doing Zoom workshops, like just giving them like a 30 minute, one hour retreat where we're giving them little tips of how to care for themselves, not just during COVID, but as teachers, you know, working in one of the most stressful jobs that exists, little skills to help them take care of themselves, which will then benefit their kids. So yeah, I love that piece that I'm still involved in, in that aspect. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. For the mindfulness classes that you're doing for teachers, I know a lot of teachers listening probably would be really interested in that. Is that something that is just within your school district or do you do it on like nationwide? We're, we are, our goal is to do it nationwide where we've actually just crossed state lines recently with another school district, but we can offer what we do via you know Zoom so we can be doing it anywhere. And we do have some representatives in some other states. So yeah, I can send you the name of it. It's called the Pratyush Sana Foundation. It's named after our founder's son. Um, so it's a mouthful and when it's not, when you don't see it in writing, but we do a training also. It's kind of our newest initiative. It's like a six hour training where we teach school staff how to lead some basic mindfulness practices in their own life, in their classroom, without us having to come in um, and teach their kids ourselves. That's the way we can really spread it, even if we can't be there in person. That's something that we'll link in this episode's show notes just to make it easier for everybody to find it. Uh, moving forward a little bit to you starting a business, which it sounds like as you started your business, you still have extra energy and resources where you can still give to the community, which I think is something that's really important to address. Because for me personally, when I left teaching, I was leaving an atmosphere where I did not feel like I could take weekends to have vacation time with my then boyfriend, now fiance. And 
after I left, I started realizing I have time to start additional income streams. I have time to volunteer at this nonprofit organization in Los Angeles that they do creative writing workshops for kids. There's more that I can give now that I've taken things off of my plate. And did you feel like you had a renewed sense of energy where you were able to do and accomplish more? Absolutely, totally. Before finding the cooking class, Joy, like I was actually like taking away things in my life that were joyful, like things I was volunteering for, things I liked doing because I was just getting so, my schedule was packed with working in the school. And taking the leap to, you know, pursue this business, just amazingly, yeah, like opened up more time. I mean, I'm in more control of my time. And it's it also like led to other opportunities and other places I never knew existed or I knew I would enjoy and never approached me because they if they knew me, they knew I didn't have time to do what they were gonna ask me to do. Um, so it, it opened up all these different streams. And when you mentioned the weekend and the vacation thing, I also realized within like a couple months of leaving, like what decompressing really felt like. And I realized I never had felt that even when I thought I had when I was in the schools, like being on vacation to the weekends, I thought I was escaping and thought I was chill, but I wasn't <laughs> until it was until it was gone. Yeah, even for me, you know, teachers are always saying, oh, but we don't want to lose our summer breaks. And I was like, I don't remember my summer breaks <laughs> being that cool. Even if I thought that I was doing something cool, I was still kind of like unwinding stress-wise for the first yep. one half of it. And then maybe I had like three days of, oh, I'm actually on vacation before I started getting stressed out about the next following. I totally really. So, yep. And that's not, you know, that's not going to be a universal answer. There are so many teachers that may not have the same experience where they do, they have put systems in place. They do have time management. They do have productivity set up where, you know, they're not struggling in the same way that you and I were. So I don't want to just say universally, everybody is just burned out and doesn't have a weekend to themselves because there are some people who are finding, you know, their groove in this industry. But when it came to starting a business, um, starting your cooking classes, creating products, do you feel like your passion for being a lifelong learner really helped inspire you to learn all the ins and outs? Because I'm sure there was a ton that you did not know as you were starting a business. It did. Um, I didn't know anything. I didn't. I had no idea what I was doing. Even the first like cooking class, like people were about to arrive, and I just stood there like, "What am I doing?" But there was like also this like in that question, like this excitement that kept like pushing me forward and on um, this sense of adventure. And then just like once, I mean, if the beginning wasn't like a business, I was hosting these cooking classes to feel it out. But when I wanted to make it more official, yeah, I mean, the learning curve was insane. And like, what's an LLC? Like I needed to work with a lawyer. What are the state regulations for preparing and serving food for packaging and selling food? I mean, there's just all these things, but what was, comforting and like reassuring was like all those questions were exciting to me so like okay today I got to figure out that you know this and I would dig through and um or I I had to like if I was honest like any like learning I was doing prior to that was often very stressful because like I didn't feel like I had the space to have time to learn anything because there was always something else to do so kind of clearing that space and then learning something brand new that you know, I was, I'm still teaching and in, in using so many skills 
that I use as a teacher and as a principal, as a leader. Um, but these like brand new skills that I had no knew nothing about um, was just like opening this world, um, which kind of goes back to that thing where I was always like, there's to me like more in my path than just like one thing. So I knew the ins and outs. I felt like of public ed, you know, in every way, but I didn't know much about the food industry. And then here I was like considering leaving this career of, you know, security to pursue something that I never had training and I'm not a chef. I didn't go to school for culinary arts, none of that. It's been fun though. I think one thing that happens, especially as people are in the figuring it out stage, that starts to be the biggest roadblock is they hear all of the steps and like 100 steps and they start to feel overwhelmed. Like, you know, figuring out the taxes, the food prep. And if you are already burned out, hearing all the things that you have to do can be so overwhelming that you don't want to move forward. And I've been in the situation where you're at, where there are tons of things on my plate, like right now, like if you looked at my journal, it is terrible for today. But one of the mindset changes that I had to make with myself that I think is really impactful is if you believe that the end result is possible, you can figure something out, mm -hmm. but you'll block yourself from figuring out taxes if you don't believe you're going to make $20,000 or it's worth it for you to actually figure out taxes. Um, and I think that that's one thing that a lot of people who are just getting started in business they don't realize that they're already shooting themselves in the foot kind of saying, well, I don't want to figure that out. It's too much work. Like, well, too much work for what? Like, what if you were right. successful? Like, what if you believe that you were going to be successful? Would it be enough work then? Would you put one day into figuring out taxes if you thought that this could potentially be worth it and be your full-time income? Definitely. Uh, I heard you talk a little bit about how you're still using your teaching and education skills in your business. And that's something that I feel every single teacher needs to hear is that teaching can look different. It does not have to be in a traditional sense. You're going to be a teacher in whatever industry and whatever role you go into, you are now stuck wanting to be a helper and you're going to want to help people. But what does teaching look like to you in this new career? The Cooking classes have um, just broadened like my understanding of what, what, what teaching is, as well as the mindfulness. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the the cooking stuff because it's less traditional than being in the schools. You know, when I like I scale it back. You know, when the classes were in person, when they can be in person, like I'm standing there, I'm teaching, I'm demonstrating, I'm modeling, and there's an audience. And you know, if I think about a classroom, there's people there who want to learn. Um, and are, are asking questions and it's very interactive. So it just truly is like a, a little classroom. I, I've said so many times, the difference is everybody that comes wants to be there and they, they wanna learn everything they can. So it's much different, you know, than sometimes where I was, you know, leading a group of kids who for whatever reason were not in tune with what was going on or even adults, you know, we all as adults don't wanna be certain places sometimes, but people that come to my classes sign up because they wanna come and they're curious. So being in an environment where everyone's there to learn together is incredible and then all the work leading up to the class you know i'm planning menus i'm tweaking recipes i'm advertising marketing sending shopping lists there's all these different steps which i can relate back to lesson planning and preparing materials and i love the um the classes are usually an hour and a half to two hours and i'll i love mapping out like minute to minute like how to overlap recipes and make sure we 
don't feel rushed, but at the same time, we have a nice, you know, I can pack in as much information as a time at a time. So it's been cool. And then there's the, that's like the in, live in-person piece of education. But then as a, on a whole, I'm educating people about like what vegan food is, what are the benefits, what are the reasons people become vegan. The, like I said earlier, these opportunities that come my way, like I've been invited multiple times to teach high school home ec classes which I never was comfortable with that age group as a teacher. But in this this setting, it's been so cool to like, you know, work with them. I'm teaching um, local libraries like on their, their you know, community involvement days. So it's just reaching into audiences. I, I always say like, come to the class if you're vegan, vegan curious, or just hungry. Like it doesn't matter who you are or why you're coming. Um, most people are not vegan, which is which was something I didn't know when I was considering this. Like is the market too narrow? But it's honestly like most people are not vegan. They're there for many different reasons. But I just love, I just love making people excited about food, making people comfortable cooking, which is a big fear for many people. So I try to make things accessible. Yeah, just teaching them new ways to to look at eating and food and sharing reasons why. I mean, it always comes up. They ask why I went vegan or, you know, all those kind of things. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. You know, you are speaking my language because I am vegan and my fiance is also vegan. So we have taken actually a cooking class with one of the restaurants that's shut down here. And one of the things that I loved is he explained, I'm not going to give out any of their behind the scenes secrets. He explained why he used one type of nut over another type of nut while he was making nacho cheese. And it was as they're mass producing these, these types of nuts are more nutritious, but they're also more cost efficient if you're making it for large quantities. And I felt like he taught me a lot about why they specifically use types of greens over other types of ingredients just to add more um, nutritional value into the recipes, Mm -hmm. which I've I felt like I learned a lot, even as someone who is a vegan, but I really wanted to bring you on because I knew that this was an opportunity to not just talk about a business owner who is a former teacher, but how you can take your passion for something because you 
are probably pretty passionate about educating people on veganism and how you can translate that into kind of creating your own your own life structured around that model. So for me personally, I started out as vegetarian, um, actually back still when I was in the classroom, I was a vegetarian and I ate, I would say 95% vegan at the time, but struggled with giving up dairy altogether. And the main reason why I went vegan was just climate change has always been one of the biggest reasons for me is I wanted to do what I can do to help alleviate some of the pollution that's being sent out through agriculture. And then after going into veganism and after going into vegetarianism, it was easier for me to kind of scale back and realize the impact that it had on animals and animal rights as well, because that was something I always tried to kind of disconnect myself from. What was your personal reason for becoming vegan? I went vegetarian prior. I was kind of all over the place for many years, but um, like slowly giving up meats and then, you know, strictly vegetarian. And that was definitely focused on animal welfare and just the quality of how meat products are produced, like food safety wise. So it was, but it, but that was primarily animals um, for sure. And um, I hadn't even really thought about veganism. And I never really thought about, you know, dairy and eggs are the parts that keep you from, you know, this well, vegetarian, vegan. But um, I have a, in my, on my side of the family, my dad and grandfather both died very young from a heart condition, which I also have. And my dad, like, was extremely healthy, um, bike rider, all kinds of stuff. So it was very shocking. Um, we thought he was on the path to, like, beat this condition, and he was gone very suddenly. So um, kind of kicked me into gear and my husband into gear. Like, what can we do to like make sure I'm doing all I can to care for myself and watched an amazing documentary. You've probably seen it forks over knives. If you haven't checked it out. I have not yet. Yeah. It's really good. It's all about, um, and I tell my guests at the classes, it's not like an in your face seeing awful things happen to animals. It's looking at the health benefits um, of eating plant-based. So um, it just talks about all these studies of why, especially for your heart and many other diabetes and other things, um, but your, my, my heart was the reason that we decided to take that path. So we, same thing. I mean, I hear that all the time. I can't give up cheese. I can't give up cheese. I can't give up coffee creamer. I was there as well. But honestly, there's so many things these days like that weren't even here five years ago that you can replace those things you miss. But the jump, the leap to be, excuse me, the leap to veganism was the health aspect. And then kind of like you said, like all these other reasons, like where, where I was learning, the more I educated myself, like the environment was, is huge. So I can't even differentiate the three anymore, like animal welfare, health, and the environment, they're all so important. They're all about survival, um, in my opinion, and compassion. Um, but the environmental impact, more and more people are coming to my classes come because of that. Like that's becoming a, like a more, there's a bigger awareness, which I think is really great. There's so much concrete science about that and um, when you look at the facts. So I share, there's a website called vegancalculator.com and you can put in how many days you've eaten vegan. So many classes, I just um, tell them in one day, if you just eat three meals vegan today, the impact you have. And it's, it's insane, like thousands of gallons of water, like all the stuff that you save in one day environmentally just by eating vegan, so. And I receive a lot of DMs on my Instagram because from time to time, I'll just show what I'm cooking and people will start to ask like, 
oh, you're vegan, but I can't go fully vegan. And I like that you mentioned this, especially with people who come to your classes, is it's not something that should be shamed because that's nobody has to be 100% vegan for us to want to share recipes with them or share advice on helping take things off of their plate. My first advice when I talk to people who are wanting to kind of implement more like plant-based recipes into their diet is I always tell them, just think of the things right now that are non-negotiables for you. If you say, I can't give up bacon, cool, you can't give up bacon, but try and give up hamburgers for the week and only have bacon? Or what is it that you feel like is the non-negotiable? It's this type of cheese. We'll see what you can do if you can scale back 75% of the other things that you're consuming besides that non-negotiable and then see where you feel from there. It doesn't have to be all or nothing thinking, but something does have to give if you look at what's happening to the environment. We all have to kind of do our parts and figure out what we can do to help move forward if we are concerned about climate change. Completely. Yeah. I love that journey. Look at it. Like it's your own journey and your own path and just making changes along the way, or it's going to impact you and the environment and, and get there the way you, you can. Yeah. Most of my classes, I'll try to make them like veganized, non-vegan food so that once people, you know, come to class and taste it or make it themselves, I'm like, if you love this, taco dip just as much as your non-vegan taco dip, then why would you not choose to just make the vegan one? Because you know that it's better for you and better for the world. So those kind of like substitutions, I see them carrying on where, you know, guests will send me pictures like a year later, like I made it again for Christmas. Like, so that's really cool. And they're not vegan at all, but they're just inserting recipes that they know place non-vegan things. So. And I think one more thing that you addressed that I always tell people, if you've tried to put a vegetarian burger on your plate or vegan cheese on your plate a couple of years ago, and it wasn't for you, that is fine, but you should probably try it again because (laughs) things are rapidly getting so much better. better. This is the time to try it because most grocery stores do have things that are actually far better than they were five years ago. So this would be the time to actually try a couple of the substitutions. Jason, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and everything about your new business and your vegan cooking classes. While we're taping this right now, it's going to come out in March, 2021. So if listeners are listening live, What types of events do you have coming up that they may want to join right in time for potentially Earth Day? Um, Yeah, check out my website, butterheadkitchen.com. That's where I have all the classes listed. We have some Easter and Passover vegan classes coming up. Um, An Italian series, which is probably the the most popular classes I do, where we'll even make some vegan cheeses from scratch um, and some things like that. And then there's always an option. There's a page of past menus And you can contact me and I can just build a class for you and your friends or you and your family. I can, I do them online. So I've done them all over the world, honestly, which is pretty amazing. So um, never feel like you're stuck to what classes I'm offering, like the public classes, I call them. If you want to do a private custom class, just message me and we'll build something um, around that. But yeah, check them out there. They're fun. You get the shopping list ahead of time. So if you want to cook along at home, you can. 
Um, or if you just want to chill and watch and then cook them in the future, that's cool too. So my fiance and I will definitely be joining with some Amazing. of those online classes. So you will get to meet Jonathan as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Daphne. You're doing amazing work for teachers and I appreciate I'm honored to be here. So thank you. I want to give a special thanks to Jason for coming on and sharing his story with the Teacher Career Coach community. You'll find this episode's transcripts and links to Butterhead Kitchen in the show notes if you're interested in joining a virtual vegan cooking class with Jason. And you never know, you might see me there as well since I plan on attending a few in the very near future. As always, please continue to help share this podcast with others who are looking for this type of support. I'll see you on the next episode.